0: All right, guys, welcome to episode number 27 of the Friday Frosters. And you know what? I forgot the snappy titles for today. What's today? Oh, today is it's a shoe in and the coupon queen. And guess what? Joe is back today, you guys.
1: I'm so happy to be back. I've missed you guys.
0: So you gotta tell us what in the world have you been doing? It's been like a year, right?
1: <laughs> four weeks, I think. Four weeks. I can't. I can't even remember what happened. I think the first week I have an, had an event, and then one Friday I was on a plane, and then the next Friday I was on a cruise ship, and then this past Friday Robert and I had an event together. But you got to go in the morning, but mine was right in the middle of the afternoon, so I missed. I missed four, I think.
0: So it was like planes, trains and automobiles.
1: It was. Yeah. And trainings, train, trainings and trains, no trains, but trainings, planes and boats. There
0: you go. There (laughs) you go. And Kelly. So, Kelly, what's going on today, Kelly? You got to leave early, but you're doing something exciting today.
2: I am. I am doing the Rocky Mountain Accounting Conference. And Joe and I did fraud and pop culture yesterday. We had almost 300 people. And oh, my God, the chat just blew up. It was awesome. It was so much fun. And so I'm wearing pink today because I am doing my pink collar crime and Joe's channeling pink. And I got my pink Yeti or Hydro Flask. And yeah. And today is um, the shoe embezzlement, which is a pink collar crime. The coupon queen is not a pink collar crime. So just to Mm -hmm. clarify, it's position, not gender. So So
0: like Kelly just said, pink collar crime, it's position, not gender. Gender. All right. So since it's been a while since we've been together, Dan says the A team (laughs) returns.
2: I love it. Briefly. I
0: know (laughs) (laughs) know. five
2: more minutes.
0: (laughs) Bonita says, Hi y'all. And Wendy, my friend Wendy is here. Wendy says, hello, all. Heather says, it is Friday. Yes, it is. And you know what? We haven't seen Garnell in a while. And she says, hello, everyone. And Dan says, good luck, Kelly. Thomas says, I should have changed my background to pink. You know what? That would have been a really good idea. I have to do that next time. I'm the only one not wearing pink today.
1: Robert, we got to get we got to start sending you reminders. I know you're a busy guy, but
0: but I'm thinking pink.
1: Okay, that's good. Good.
0: I am thinking pink. So you guys, you are on the Friday Fraudsters, the best darn live show where we talk about fraud. We are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple. Now, yes, I've sold out to the forbidden fruit. Please <laughs> forgive me, Thomas. I have sold out to the forbidden fruit. So you guys, how are you all today? Let's drop those emojis in the chat that signifies the mood that you're in right now. All right. So before we get started, there are a couple of things that we want to talk about. Well, you like books? You like movies? How about both? <laughs> Joe, Kelly. We just a podcast
2: going? to add to it. I don't know if there's a podcast about The Big Short. I got to look that up. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know either, but Kelly and I had such a successful WeWork event. Remember, we've been talking about WeWork with everybody. I don't know how long. We talked about that one for like a month that we decided to do it again with the big short, because there is a book by Michael Lewis. I have it right here. And uh, there's the movie, the big short. So October 19th, I'm going to find the link and drop it in the comments. We want all of you guys to be there because it was, wasn't it? It was so much fun last time. It was was great. great. It was great. Books and books are fun, but books and movies are even more fun. So you guys have to come.
2: So here's the deal. And Oh, sorry, Robert. You know what? Sometimes we give away a book and look at my new pink envelopes to send my books in. Oh,
0: nice! right.
2: <laughs> You're awesome.
1: All right,
0: so, so this is what? One hour of CPE?
1: One hour yeah. of CPE. Uh, yeah, and I just put the link in the chat directly to register. Robert was there the last time. It's 20 bucks, you guys, and it's just worth it. 20 bucks of fun. I think Kelly and I have a blast.
0: So 100% it is definitely worth $20 for one hour of CPE to have, to talk about a book and a movie and fraud and ethics and all kinds it is of ethics. other stuff. It's
1: ethics credit. Cause we, the title is yeah. actually the big short who was short on ethics. So we get to dissect all the players during that whole mortgage crisis. And I think a lot of people have forgotten all of the things that happened. And I think it'll be a really good reminder on what happened. So, and lots of good quotes too.
0: And I I think I'll be there. I have to check the date again. I may have an event. So while we're here talking about things, don't forget to go to Amazon, pick up my book, ask better questions, get better answers, perform better audits. It is climbing up and down the Amazon charts. You know, it kind of goes up and goes down. Every time it breaks the top 50, I'm like, yes, let's screen print this. The other thing I want you guys to do is go to awesomeauditors.club. Drop in the email address. You'll receive a gift from me. Here's what we're doing. Well, we're starting an awesome auditors club. What we're doing is we're going above and beyond the one way webinar communications and we will be communicating about auditing and what it is that we can do better. How we can help support one another in group coaching, group cha- training, group chats. So go there. Drop your email address in and you'll get a gift from me. And then in October, we'll start having some fun together. So check this out, guys. So Bonita, Bonita is in a, an interesting mood. I, I can't even dissect all the emojis. Looks like a cat and a chicken and all kinds of stuff. Is she and, on
1: the farm today? Where is she today? Oh, yeah,
0: that's true. Are you on the farm today, B? I don't know. <laughs> Hal says, I need my collar first. <laughs> Heather says she's not wearing pink either. And Wendy says, yep, I can rock pink. Get it next time. You know, I got to find my pink shirts. I have a couple of them. And Dan is in a real cool mood today.
1: So can I tell everybody why I'm wearing my pink shirt? Really? Not just a sport yes. Um, So you guys know you helped me double my goal for the Susan G. Komen More Than Pink Walk. For breast cancer, which is Sunday. And I'm really excited. It's, it's literally one of my favorite days of the entire year. So my goal was $1,000 this year, because I know it's been hard during COVID. Last year was a little slow raising money, but you guys helped me double. My goal, I'm, at, I'm over 2,000 now. And my team goal was 2,500 and I'm at 2,468. And so my awesome team, um, I know they're on it. And I'm just, I just wanted to celebrate that. And um, I'm so excited for the walk. On Sunday. So you guys can walk wherever you are virtually.
2: If you still want to sign up, you can. I'll be in Spain. I'll oh, be walking. Right. No, yeah, you sh- she'll be walking. I'll be around.
0: walking from my bed to the refrigerator. So, does that, does that count?
1: <laughs> I suppose. But you guys, I mean, get out and walk. It's awesome.
0: Now, Leslie says it's great to see us here. And Clarence is all smiles because we all know Clarence loves. Fridays. Bonita <laughs> says she's been, and it, it was fun talking about the last book slash movie club. Hal says, is there popcorn available? That that was the question I asked Hal. Is anybody going to give me popcorn? But Bonita is giving you some popcorn emojis, Hal. So I think we've got that covered. And Wendy says she knows a few things about auditing. I mean, Wendy, you've only been doing it maybe one or two years, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but those of you who don't know, Wendy and I work together. Ooh, I won't tell you what year it was let's just say it wasn't even in the 2000s <clears throat> so yeah that was quite some time ago so let's talk about one of the things that we're here to talk about today the coupon queen now we all like couponing don't we well i mean i, I really don't because it takes too much effort but some people like couponing kelly joe you guys couponers you like couponing
2: i
1: electronic. It. Yeah, I used to do it more, but I look for promo codes, I'd say. I'm a Googler for promo codes, for sure, because like, there's a lot out there you can miss.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, so there's a lot of money that can be saved in couponing too, right? I mean... Yes. Yeah. I, I, did you ever think that there would be fraud in couponing?
2: Yes, because it was actually on Pink Collar Crimes with um, Marsha Clark, and it was awful. And you know what? I keep getting these Google alerts about Pink Collar Crime, and there's the movie um, with Kristen Bell, Dax Shepard's wife, and Vince Vaughn. I have not seen it yet. And they keep saying it's a Pink Collar Crime. It's not a Pink Collar Crime. They're not stealing from their own workplace. It's not garden variety embezzlement. So what What would it be called, Kelly? yeah. You know, I think in something like this, it's practically like Rico because they got a bunch of people, so it's a conspiracy, I would say more so. But it's um, just plain
1: fraud, right? I mean, every all of them are just plain fraud, I guess.
2: But. Yeah, it's just fraud. Yeah. Just fraud. But I mean, they it was on a big scale. So, but hey guys, I gotta run. So good luck. I Kelly. know you can Bye. keep it. Bye. See ya. See ya, Kel.
0: Okay. So Pozo says there are a few apps for coupons, so she coupons a little bit. Wendy said she used to coupon, and Heather says she loves to coupon. So, guys, (laughs) this young lady, without further ado, let's talk about the coupon queen. Here's a photo of her where she was featured in the Virginia Pilot, the newspaper, in 2014, where she discussed starting and owning her own printing company from the age of 18. She had her own printing company. Hmm. She put her printing skills to good use, my friends, because it is described in court papers that she possibly committed the largest counterfeit coupon scheme in history. They estimate she cost about 100 retailers and manufacturers more than $31 million in losses. She was recently sentenced in the U.S. District Court in Norfolk, Virginia, to 12 years in federal prison. Her husband was sentenced to seven years, three months for his role. So here's what they're saying they did. According to prosecutors, the couple ran a fraudulent business out of their home from April 2017 to May of 2020. Now, bank records indicate that they made close to four hundred thousand dollars from their scheme. Here's what she did. Operating under the moniker Master Chef, she printed coupons on high quality glossy paper and added a corporate logo and product images to make them look real. She even included working barcodes that actually scanned as legitimate when presented at supermarkets and department stores. In most cases, she offered deals equal to or greater than the value of the item in question. So now, when it was greater than the item in question, well, the shopper got the item for free, and in some instances the store actually gave them cash back. <sighs> crazy. Really crazy.
1: Isn't there a show on television about couponing where yes. people like try like they get their their carts are full and they get their bill down to like, you know, two dollars and sixty-seven cents or something like that? I've
2: never seen
1: get is. that money back, though.
0: That's that's a new thing. Yeah, I think the show is called Extreme Couponing or okay. something like that or extreme shopping or something. I think there's some kind of extreme in the name. Now, Hal is saying everything is about mail or wire fraud. Right. Hal has been here long enough to know. Why I is think, it always mail or wire fraud?
1: It doesn't say in. The article. I did post the link in the comments. I was looking to see if that's what the charges were, but it doesn't say in this particular article, but you're probably right, Hal.
0: Oh yeah. I found the charges somewhere. I I think I have it somewhere in my notes, but I think it was wire fraud or something like that. So look, here's what she did though. She created a Facebook group for coupon enthusiasts. Then she recruited some of the members from her group to help her with her fraud scheme after she would vetted them
1: how does that vetting process go for our hr people on the call
0: are you okay with committing fraud yeah sure okay but then they use this app that's similar to whatsapp called telegram where it's encrypted communications and that's how they communicated uh what they were going to do
1: well that's a red telegram. flag in and of itself <laughs> the communication, method. Yeah.
0: yeah i actually like telegram um because, again, it's kind of like WhatsApp. And I talk right now, it seems like I talk to a lot of people in uh, India, Southeast Asia and in the UK. And Telegram is, makes it real easy. But, yeah, she she used the Facebook book group for coupon enthusiasts and then she recruited them to help in the fraud scheme. Now, Wendy says cashiers need better training. No cash back. That Right. That's mm-hmm. what you
1: and on most coupons, it says that you cannot get like greater value or whatever. There's some terminology for that. That they. Yep. Yeah. Dan. Yep. A for creativity. This was a new one. Yep.
0: Yeah. I, I've never seen this one before. Now, Heather said she could never figure out how to extreme coupon.
1: That takes it just looks like it takes an extreme amount of work. All
0: I right. Think. So. So, guys, do you think. So tell me, how do you think she got caught? I, I want somebody to type it into the chat. How do you think she got caught with this fraud scheme?
1: Well, I'm going to put, can I put my guess in the chat?
0: Put your guess. Well, you can't put your guess in the chat. You already know.
1: <laughs> There's just one word that I like.
0: I know, right? Okay. Well, And we're on about a seven second delay. So, so oh. Joe, what do you think about this coupon scheme? I mean, this is insane.
1: Well, I think, you know, as we talk about these, the dola- we always talk about the dollar amounts. So both of ours today are over $30 million crimes, right? That we're going to talk about, which is a lot, you know, my, I'm immediately going, wow, these are big ones. The fact that, she, I mean, she did only profit $400,000, but I mean, she's essentially a thief, right? Because she's stealing from all these retail businesses. And I think one of the main points in the article was how much retail businesses have been hurt during the pandemic. And like, it's just unfortunate um, when they're taken advantage of. So, I mean, I know we probably all have our own feelings about some of the big businesses that are doing fine. Um, But I think that was one thing, you know, if she was targeting smaller mom and pop, you know, grocery stores that still exist, this was in Virginia, you know, they're hurting already because people are doing Amazon Fresh and Walmart to go. And, you know, so I think that to me was the sad part of this story.
0: Yep, absolutely. So now Dan says her members coupon mules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy.
1: Good. Um, so Wendy asked how she made the money, the 400,000, and mm-hmm. she actually sold essentially memberships right Robert to her coupon club so you had to pay to be a part of this and then she would give you the coupon so that's essentially was her income she was making it seem like a legitimate coupon business yeah Uh, they were all fake coupons
0: well and back in the day that's what they did when couponing first got big on the internet These uh, uh, usually it was uh, entrepreneurs that were stay at home moms, they would sell memberships, monthly memberships to their coupon clubs, and they would tell you where to go clip the coupons from and how to stack the coupons so that you could get your best deal for your dollar. And that's how people would end up coming out of stores paying next to nothing for goods and services but when you look at here when they say a few million dollars is what was lost they're adding up the actual cost of the lost products that you know so you walk into a grocery store and a fake coupon buy one get one free what happens is the grocery store chain is going to get it and then they're going to bill back the manufacturer the manufacturer is going to say this is not our coupon it's not legitimate so now somebody's going to bite the bullet for this money but yeah she was well, selling it, memberships
1: it's going to be those retailers when the manufacturer says no, right? Absolutely. So they are the middleman that are getting caught in these. Um and you know it's interesting, you know, we all see the check the cashiers checking for fake dollars, right? So if more and more of this comes out, are we gonna have to train the cashiers on fake coupons? I mean that's it's just really interesting.
0: Yeah. So Thomas says she either went big went too big and it was flagged in the system or one of her people turned her in and he says, that's his two guesses. Hal says she tried to use TP coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a okay. See, <clears throat> now I've got to get this straight for our listeners, the people who don't see Hal's comment. She tried to use TP coupons during the pandemic, which was clearly bogus. <laughs> and Pozo says, why didn't she just use affiliate marketing, etc.? Could have profited more doing that. Right. And Wendy says, Harris Teeter used to give triple coupon, triple uh, value for coupons. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So one of her members turned her in.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I was going to say tattletale, but you <laughs> know how I left. That was my one word for this one. But I mean, that's why my book's dedicated to every tattletale and whistleblower out there, because it takes just takes one person to speak up and people like this get caught.
0: She no. had a snitch.
1: <laughs> you make it sound so negative, Robert. These are good people doing the right thing.
0: Dirty rat. No, I'm just kidding. That, that was just a <laughs> that was just a joke. In all seriousness, people, if you see something, say something. In all seriousness, um, now, but but you know where I grew up, snitching was not a good thing. Although it probably should have been, because anyway whole nother topic of discussion. One of her members told on her and they actually reported her to, um, and I'm going to get the name wrong now because I can't find it in my notes, but it was like some sort of coupon coalition. So it's a group of couponers who fight coupon fraud. So it must be a really big thing if there's an entire group dedicated to it. And um, I apologize for not knowing the name of the group. Uh,
1: It is the Coupon Information Center. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. is the thing. So I mean, this also goes to show, you know, a lot of times I know I've gotten the question. Kelly's gotten the question, like where do we report things? You know, it's not always like you know the SEC. You know, you, there's smaller things. I mean, obviously the Better Business Bureau. There's like ways to go. But I mean, look at this. This is a source for this particular fraud that that you know they were able to report to. There are people out there that will listen.
0: Yeah, there's a group for almost everything, right? So, but ladies and gentlemen, just when you thought it was over, there's more. (laughs) But wait. (laughs) So in a separate fraud scheme, they defrauded Medicaid Mm. and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program for about around $43,000. Apparently she applied for benefits and failed to disclose her income and the funds that she was receiving from selling the false coupons. So she applied for a need-based aid program and didn't disclose her fraudulent money in that program. Thus, Medicaid fraud. Well,
1: and you kind of, I guess I kind of felt like this was going there. Right. Like it's along the same lines of just trying to get, you know, more more for your more bang for your buck when you're talking about like checking out at a grocery store. So I wasn't really surprised on that second piece.
0: Yeah, neither was I. But but, you know, what took down Al Capone, right? Tax evasion. Mm -hmm. So she did not report it. Therefore, it is fraudulent because she would not have qualified. If she had reported the fraudulent money she had gotten, she would not have qualified for the need based Medicaid program.
1: And of course, as Pozo said, there are legitimate coupon companies out there like she could have chosen to start a legitimate company, legitimately report her income. It's just it is just really sad to me that clearly. I don't know. She I mean, I wouldn't maybe go as far to say this woman was like really, really smart, like some of the fraudsters we've seen. Like really smart, elaborate. However, I mean she seems like she could have, she had obviously the social media influence. She knew how to get the followers. Like she could have done this legitimately. It's kind of sad.
0: You know, here's here's one big question. You know, I always ask the obscure questions. I don't know why my mind goes there, but If they made almost four hundred thousand dollars on this fraudulent scheme and she had a printing company, why in the world did she need Medicaid benefits? Because Medicaid is for children. Yeah. Medicare is for the elderly and Medicaid is for children. And we'll get to that. She has three children which are going to suffer when she goes to prison. And that's the sad part in this. But if you made over four hundred thousand dollars and you had a business, why did you need Medicaid like that? There's a huge disconnect there somewhere.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Did you mention their ages? So, I mean, that's what kind of bothers me. Obviously, there are age, you know, 41 and 43.
0: I'm so only maybe, 21. What do you mean?
1: Oh, all right. Fine. Well, maybe not Robert. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it, it just there's just so much more they could be doing um, anyway. And it just it made me laugh with the graphic you chose. It was like old people cutting the coupons, you know, because that's what we think about. <laughs> I, I picture my mom at the grocery store with her checkbook with the coupons in the sleeve yeah this is I mean these are are this is 41 and 43 they could have been doing something so much more legitimate
0: yeah well and, and I think that's where my mind was going. They're not that old. Mm-hmm. She has a company that she started when she was 18 and if she's been in business this long maybe it was kind of successful um then four hundred thousand dollars there her husband worked. And so, yeah,
1: I think this just to me, Robert, this is like the prime example of society today doesn't ask about should I do this? They ask, could I do this? And she,
0: oh, that's
2: good.
1: Sound she found a gap. She said, I could do this, I could print my own coupons. I could, it's all about I could, I could, I could, because we've got every technology out there in the world today, but nobody, and I say this. Like people personally and corporations aren't asking, should I do it? And that's, I mean, that is one of the ethical challenges I throw out to the world. Stop asking, can you do it? Start asking, should I do it?
0: Yeah, that's very good. Uh, So Pozo says, Medicaid fraud, did she also commit tax evasion? Uh, (laughs) I mean, if she didn't report it, I'm, I'm guessing so. Pozo also says, people like free health insurance. And Wendy says... She wanted more free stuff. Wendy also said, when you, why pay when you can get it for free? Yeah. And apparently Wendy's leaving us now by all good conversation. Now, Hal bringing up the rear says she stumbled upon something and didn't think she'd get caught. That's probably why. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that because it is, it's very confusing here. Now, here's what's happening to them they've been allowed to remain free on bond for a few weeks while they work through arrangements for their children. Uh, She had a 17 year old child from a previous marriage and then the two of them share a six and a nine year old. So.
1: Yeah. Like you said, unfortunately, they will be the ones that suffer because of this.
0: Yeah. That, that part saddened me um, in this particular case because I mean, anyway, it's it's just sad. And I know when she went to court, I was reading the documentation and they said that she actually said in court that she apologized and uh, somehow she lost sight of the good values that her parents instilled in her when she was growing up and she feels like she's let them down. Um, so that's that's just sad all the way around.
1: And that's why, you know, I think people get tired of these type of questions, but, you know, the two ethics big questions are, How would you feel if your actions were on the front page of the paper, which clearly hers hit there? And how would you feel if your parents found out, your grandparents, your priest, your rabbi, your kids, you know, whoever is that person in your life? Um, You know, how how would that make you feel? And so I feel like she is thinking about those things now.
0: Yeah. So Pozo says, could she get house arrest for the sake of the kids? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But, you know, or could they get house arrest for the sake of the kids? You know, is that really fair though?
1: I think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think Kelly would, Kelly would be able to weigh in on that one, you know, because some of, some of these, and, and I know this one's not pink collar, some of these smaller level criminals um, get too much time. Like they get punished too much when you look in comparison to these big white collar crimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of them don't get punished enough. So, I mean, I don't know what the right answer is there. And I mean, if she's on house arrest, Pozo, I bet she's just going to figure out what her next scheme will be. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Hal says she didn't think she'd get caught and didn't expect to be ratted out.
1: Yeah. No one does.
0: Yeah. But but yeah, I mean. So the kids are going to suffer 100 percent, but should she get a lighter sentence simply because she has children? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I I, don't, I just don't think that that's right. I don't think that's setting a good precedent for the justice system at all, because um, if that's the case, then what's going to happen to Elizabeth Holmes now? You see, I had to bring her in. Yes, you had
2: to. What, you just had to. what's
0: yeah. going to happen now? That, oh, she's had the baby now, right?
1: Yes, she's had the baby. Um, And I think a lot of I know Dan's on here. You know, he he says he said that, too. I hope she still goes to jail. You know, you can't use that. Baby, as an excuse, um, you guys, have you seen all the text messages? Sorry, to, you brought her up. So you opened the floodgates. But her defense, I really hope that it absolutely just flops based on all of these text messages. And yep. I know they're arguing right now about which ones to admit and which all to admit. But, you know, this whole idea of her being abused by Belwani. Um, and then they're now revealing all their lovey, gushy text messages. It's just uh, anyway. I just I'm getting a kick out of the messages. Yes. And And the blatancy of them acknowledging that the device doesn't work and talking about what to do about it. I mean, it's just so obvious. I really hope the court does the right thing this time.
0: Really? Yeah, I hope so, too, because one thing that I get sick of is people playing victim when they are not victim. So they commit these crimes and then they play victim. It'd be different if if we had evidence showing that somehow he coerced her and was using her and drugging her, or just anything. But yeah, the text messages are quite telling.
1: Well, I think, you know, she's going with all the employees that he was like a big bully, right? I mean, I think that was his persona at Theranos. So I feel like she is jumping on that bandwagon. Even but
0: that was her persona too, though.
1: It was. It kind of was. Although I feel like she wanted him to be the bad guy the entire oh, yeah. time. So it's almost like she wanted him to be the scapegoat the entire the the entire time at the organization. Don't you? Which means
0: what? She was the mastermind.
1: Well, don't you wonder if she she did? She planned this all along. I mean, this guy is a lot older than her. He's not great looking, you know. Do you think all of that was a fake too? Like that's my question. Like I I want to know.
0: I actually thought the same thing. So So, anyway, anyway, before we get down this rabbit hole, because I thought the exact same thing. Now. Hal says she was on the path to creating the Amway of couponing. And Dan says, lock her up. I,
1: know. I knew Dan would say that.
0: Yes, I'm glad okay. he did say that. And Hal yeah. says, Holmes is a lying, scheming psychopath. Yeah. Yes. And Dan says, her text to Sonny negates absolutely. the defense. Yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. We'll have to do something on their text when we get it, get it all together because, man, it was insane. or They are insane. Mm-hmm. And Diane says... There must be a handbook for lawyers that guide them through all possible. Yes,
1: probably. Well, I mean, you know, she tried the belly defense. Then she tried the mental kind of mental insanity, mental. And now she's trying the abuse defense like she's she's already gone through like three of them already.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Well, next, it'll be. Wait, didn't she already try insanity or is that that's probably next?
1: Well, that was before this. That was what you're right. I, I think that's what they were saying they were going to do. And then they kind of switched to this abuse thing when it started. So maybe we go back to that. But oh, my gosh, put up what Pozo just wrote. That's awesome. Fake blood and fake love.
0: Yep. Fake blood, fake love. Yeah.
1: I bet it was. I bet he was just manipulating him to be the scapegoat the whole time.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, Anyway, we, 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 That's oh boy, we can go down that one <laughs> all day story, I like
1: the next story too. Yeah, so
0: it's a shoe in, and yes, people, I know that shoe in is not spelled like that. I actually put a caveat in the um show description because I, it, there's always one in the crowd, right?
1: Auditors, it's because our crowd is auditors and they <laughs> audit us. You know how many. Um, typos I get pointed out in my presentations.
0: Yeah, now that I'm happy for in my presentation. I know, me too. Me 100%. Me too. So this one, you guys, is going to be extremely interesting because, Joe, after I sent you guys the article, I found some more stuff. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, So so check this out. A former shoe company CFO admitted to siphoning $30 million to pay for diamonds and flights and tropical vacations and all kinds of stuff. So he was the CFO for Alden Shoe Company, and they filed a civil lawsuit against him, claiming that he spent some of the money on a woman named Bianca De La Garza, (laughs) a Boston-based news TV anchor with he had a romantic relationship with, kind of, maybe, sort of. So here's what the newspaper is saying. They vacation together often and Mr. Hire, I'm going to say that name. I'll just call him Mr. H. Mr. H purchased gifts for Miss De La Garza worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, you'll find that it's actually more than that. But apparently he transferred about half or 15 million dollars of the embezzled funds to her at one point and purchased her a million dollar co-op in New York City. The scheme lasted from about October, from about uh, 2011 to October of 2019. So that's a long time. Uh, the shoe company itself is a 137 year old family owned luxury men's shoemaker. Now, according to the civil lawsuit, he worked for them for 30 years years he was a trusted advisor and he had and and a key employee before being terminated he was the vice president the corporate secretary and a member of the board of directors and the cfo all right joe i know you got something to say about this one already well what
1: the heck i mean i think i wish kelly was here to talk about this one because this is it really is a classic You know, not only classic segregation of duties like we talk about, but classic you trust the person. They've worked there forever. But four roles, including the, you know, on the board and the CFO. And I think CFO might need to be renamed now because of what Hal just put in there.
0: Yes, Uh, I think Hal hit it.
1: (laughs) Because how many, I mean, I guess we've done a lot of accounting managers and whatever. But yeah, I think we should rename some of these accounting people as certified fraud officers. Um, but yeah, it's your, it's your classic example of, of trust is not a control. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm just still baffled how they let him, how they allowed him to be vice president, CFO, corporate secretary, and a member of the board of directors. All of that just screams, what the heck, you know? But Yeah. yeah. So for those people listening, Hal just said CFO is certified fraud officer.
1: Yes. And how uninvolved must the CEO or President be? Because if you think about it, that is the only person I'm guessing, unless, I mean, I'm also surprised there was no underlings under him. This was obviously a big enough company that about, let's see, over an eight-year period, we've got 30 million going missing. That's over 2 million a year. I can't do math. That's 3 million right more than 3 million a year i can't even we're going to
0: answer that in a minute in the okay. second article i found cuz i was wondering the same thing yeah. how did no one else catch it
1: yeah, yeah. how does this how does this go uncovered i just don't get it you know i'm i'm doing interim testing and designing for a client right now that i just i i would be baffled in looking at their documentation how this would happen and so it just means, must be blatant oversight i don't know don't
0: let me forget, because I'll tell that. you what he did, because I was just searching. I was trying to and I found yeah. it about an hour before we went on air because it was still baffling me because, you know, usually we talk about the cases and we have some info on how it happened. But this one, all we had was them talking about the scheme and how he spent money on her. So I just kept searching and searching. And then finally, actually, it was about 30 minutes before we went on air. And I was like, yes, there it is. But uh
1: if Hal's guest is right, because that's what I was thinking too, but okay.
0: So Mark is here and Mark says, this is why internal audits should not report administratively to the CFO. Mm -hmm. Um, And Pozo says so many companies give accounting professionals multiple roles to save money. It's surprising he didn't embezzle more. And Hal says, did he keep two sets of books? Nope.
1: Nope. Not that, huh? Yeah. did not. Okay.
0: And Mark says, even if you are a private company, you should have internal audit. I completely agree. You should definitely have us around because we're going to ask those critical questions that no one else will ask. So now in the criminal case, he pleaded guilty to Hal's favorite charge, wire fraud, and then unlawful monetary transactions and filing a false tax return in which he didn't claim income from the embezzled funds. The charges, um, they come with prison sentences of 20, 10 and three years, respectively. But. But he has conditionally accepted a range of 48 to 72 months in federal prison. uh, And the judge will consider it. Well, I guess he's already considered it. Darn it. uh, Because the hearing was September the 15th.
1: Recent, though. But I mean, that to me, is that enough? I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. This is is a big, this is interesting. And it seems like I bet the company is probably embarrassed that this happened. They're going to accept his apology. He's paid back four and a half million already. You know, I bet he gets off even lighter than that.
0: Oh, guess what, though? The four and a half million, there's a little bit more than that. So I found that that the article that I just found says that he was ordered to pay restitution of thirty three million nine hundred sixty two thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars. I just like reading these exact numbers because it's just fun, right? But uh, and uh, he needs to forfeit assets totaling twenty seven million.
2: Okay,
1: so you know he's gonna he maybe it, and that's you know the fact that he gave fifteen million to her. You know, was he thinking that they wouldn't go after it if they gave if he gave it to her, you know, half of it. So that's obviously she's going to get brought into this. So did you read about more about her?
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: and from a female perspective, like, do you never question? Probably not. It sounds like this lady was just in it for the diamonds and the cars and the New York co-op. But. Do you ever question where the money comes from? It just baffles me. I just, if somebody was showering me with gifts, I think I'd be like, suspicious. Like Anyway.
0: Oh, this one gets really, really fun. So Hal asks, was restitution ordered? Yes, Hal. Uh, And then Pozo says, has the condo been repossessed? Hmm. All right, my friends. Apparently, this couple was a fixture on the Nantucket social scene. And if you don't know about Nantucket, it's an expensive zip code, very expensive zip code. So they're saying that it seemed like an odd pairing. They're guessing that possibly she was using him because she went through great lengths to make it known that they were not a couple.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe this is Holmes and Uh,
0: Bellwani. Yeah, so he purchased her a $158,000 diamond ring, $96,000 pair of earrings. They had $51,000 private jet flights to Anguilla. Um, He gave her, he gave Neiman Marcus his Amex card where she would regularly go over the last several years and shop on his Amex card. She was a local newscaster, and she quit her job to start her own television show. You know, kind of like the gossip shows and stuff like that. Now, the money that she needed to start the gossip show came from him. She started a production company and they filmed about 10 episodes of her own show.
1: Oh, I just found a cool article about her. I'm going to drop in the comments because it's got her picture. You guys got to see this woman.
0: Oh, yeah. You want to see her?
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's see there we go. Oh, yeah. This is like, OK, this is Holmes and Balwani, like, the extreme. I think it's just
2: funny. Yeah. So it- the money.
0: There they are, the two of them together. Um, now, he didn't just spend money on her. He spent money on her friends as well. So there are accounts, another newspaper, have, they have accounts from her and her, fr- from sorry, from her friends where they say they would just go to these expensive restaurants and he would simply pick up the tab. What, what are you thinking, Joe? I can see you thinking something.
1: No, I just I was laughing. I'm sorry. I'm reading the comments. I'm multitasking. Um, <laughs> if, if he threw in a pair of free shoes and I think it was a men's shoe company.
0: <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah, it was a men's free company. shoe company. But
1: wait, maybe she gave them to her other boyfriends, though. I mean, Ooh. hey, you know, she's getting all sorts of free stuff. So.
0: Well, think about this. He left his. Amex card, and it probably was a black card. If you don't know, the black card is the the top of the line, top tier Amex card. He left his Amex card at Neiman Marcus so that she could go shopping. He would regularly take her to trips out of the country. He gave her several million dollars to start her own business where she was filming where she's filmed 10 episodes of her reality show. But guess what? The shoe company's lawyer immediately sent her a letter asking about the money used to start her company because apparently he wired her business 2.7 million dollars now they're they're actually saying that she should have known that the money coming from him was through fraudulent means even though he was the CFO of the company she should have known that the things that he was buying her were above and beyond his means even though he was a CFO well
1: this um so I know this was kind of a totally different story. You remember the McDonald's fraud, right? Have you watched that one? Oh, yeah. In that trailer, if you guys watch McMillions, if you watch the trailer, there is one gentleman in there that says, of course, if somebody hands you a million dollars, of course, you're going to take it unless you have to kill somebody. Like that's his rational. That's his only rationalization so like it it popped in my head thinking like she is her defense is gonna be like if somebody's offering to give me 2.7 million dollars to start a company of course i'm gonna take it you know and like it's like this of course i'm not gonna question it and it was amazing to me how it was so easy for him to say that that it wouldn't be questioned um, and there's another woman. I mean, the McDonald's one's kind of a sad story, they say, because this happened to a lot of it ruined a lot of good people's lives. There's a woman in there that says she didn't think it would come to her unless it was meant for her. I mean, these are like total rationalizations around we don't even care what the source of the money is.
0: Right, you, right. You
1: just see the dollar signs.
0: All right. So you guys, wait, before we get to this next thing, my man Juma's here. Juma <laughs> says he likes the new haircut. Appreciate that, Juma.
1: We think he looks younger.
0: Pozo says supporting women-owned businesses with stolen money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and minority-owned businesses, right? Because she was uh she's Hispanic,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: So <laughs> Oh man, it's a, it was a donation, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, the Collin Street Bakery story. If you guys don't listen to the podcast swindled, it is like my favorite, Kelly. One of Kelly's favorites, I know, and they've got a great episode on the bakery, uh, a great bakery episode altogether.
0: Yeah. So yeah. health is. So that's how my Nantucket dinner was paid for. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. So now let's talk about how he actually did it, because when I again, I spent time looking for it, because I was a little upset. I was disappointed that I couldn't bring you guys. Here's how it happened. Because that's what we do here. So I found it.
1: (sighs) It's because you're a good auditor.
0: Oh, man. This is. Okay. So. One of the owners of the shoe company, one of the founding, the founding family. He was trying to figure out what was happening with some money, because what they did was they had a bunch of money in reserve. That had just been sitting in reserve for an emergency. And it had been sitting there for years. And they were just curious as to what was happening with that money. And so they emailed and texted the CFO and asked him where the money was. And all of a sudden he stopped showing up for work.
1: <laughs> well, I would too, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: million over eight years. Yeah. I think I'd disappear quick.
0: He did at least assure them that the money was in the bank. But then when he stopped showing up for work, they texted him, what's going on? They never received a response. So confused, they drove to the local bank branch to check out the account, and that's when they learned that millions of dollars had vanished. You see, the records showed that he had taken all of the money. So now they immediately fired him, but not before he made one last transfer On October 22nd, he transferred $230,000. That very same day, he posted that pic I showed. Well, he posted a pic on Instagram of himself next to a Porsche in Europe with the quote that said, in life, always be in the driver's seat. Then he said, in France, be driven around the Riviera, make an exception.
1: Oh, man. What a big ego this guy has.
0: But it gets better. So in the wake of this stunning discovery, they had some forensic accountants come in. And when they started unraveling what had happened, here's what they discovered. They discovered that the CFO was solely responsible for daily financial matters in the shoe company. He had access to that massive cushion that retained earnings reserve that sat untouched for years. It amounted to millions and millions of dollars. And they said it was kind of collecting dust until he got his hands on it. Ah, Here's what happened in 2011. He began writing checks to himself and then he began depositing them into his own personal bank account. As a matter of fact, in 2011, he wrote himself eight checks totaling five hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. The next year he wrote 17 checks totaling $1.2 million. He also transferred money from the cash reserve account from from another cash reserve account. Um. Now in 2013, he used this money, he used this method to take $1.2 million again, and then he stole $4 million in 2014. That was the same year that the girlfriend started Lucky Gal Productions, her production company, which she was doing the reality shows. So now among the transfers that year um, was to uh, the Nantucket Wine and Food Festival. He donated some money to them. And uh, let's see, I just lost my place. Oh, he wrote himself some other checks that year as well. At the end of the year, though, this is how he covered it up. At the end of the year, he would simply move money from their line of credit in the bank account to that reserve bank account before he handed the books over to the accountants. So that's how he fooled the company at the end of the year is he used a uh, line of credit. Now, to me, that still doesn't make sense because that should have showed up on the books too.
1: Yeah. And why bother when clearly you're the only one looking at the books. If you were able to do all of this, clearly nobody else is looking at a bank wreck. I mean, so why bother even that? That's my question. I think that the comments are awesome. You guys have obviously caught on this guy. Just he a typical, right? Started semi-small. If you can count, count $580,000 small, got away with it, realized he was going to get away with this until he, until he got caught. And he got away with it for what? eight or Eight or nine years. Crazy. But cr- clearly nobody was watching. Clearly, like Pozo said, no investment policy if they're if this the president isn't smart either. If he thought that they just needed to sit on retained earnings of over 30 million dollars and not invest it and not. Right. ah, So many things. Yeah. Mind blowing.
0: So Dan says he needs a sugar mama. (laughs) Juma says that's crazy. That's a massive blind eye. Yes. Now Hal says they kept millions of dollars in reserves in a bank account, huh? Probably getting like two percent interest, if that. Maybe no, probably about a quarter of a percent interest on that when they could have invested it. Uh, Dan says gotta love social media, and I'm I'm guessing that this is Garnell saying thanks, Juma. I thought something looked different about um, your haircut. Oh, about my haircut. Oh. He,
1: he was thanking <laughs> for asking about your haircut.
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And Pozo is saying, Hal, seems like they didn't have an investment policy. Yeah, seems like they didn't have an investment policy. And they were a privately owned company, so they they probably didn't. And Hal says he should have had an offshore account and wired it all at once, write checks and create a paper trail. He's not that bright. Yes. And Pozo picked up on the lucky gal indeed. <laughs> and then Dad says, should have used cryptocurrency. You know what's interesting, though? If they had invested in either Dogecoin or... Um, Uh, What's the big one that was like the first one? Yeah, Bitcoin. They would have been up uh, substantially. They would have been up a substantial amount. Uh, Well, what's
1: sad is this is a a small family owned business that went rather big, obviously. So they didn't have the right board ever. They didn't have the right advisors. You know, it's a mom and pop gone too big without the right controls. Yes, these are the type of companies that need internal audit more than some of the big companies do. And um, I think it's sad because this was that whole family's retirement. That's what this was. Yeah, I sold like I mean, that was their 401k. I bet, you know, so
0: 100 percent. And Mark says, where were the external auditors? Here's what I'm guessing. Based on everything that I've read, I don't think that they had external audit. I think that. The CFO prepared the financial statements and in the board meetings, he handed them to the family, which is why he was able to cover up uh, the loss in the reserve account with the line of credit. I'm guessing he did not include the line of credit in the financial statements and just showed the uh, reserve account.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is again, this is trust. I mean, he he could have very easily just shown them whatever books he wanted to. And not even, I mean, like, yep. yeah, anyway, not even done that whole transferring of money thing. And
0: yeah. Yeah. So the forensic accountants are saying that, you know, it was all there for them to see the checks he had, that he had written to himself from the cash reserve, the transfers into a trust account, then out again, the millions for the Amex payments, the secret line of credit, there you go with the secret line of credit, the wires to De La Garza, uh, And then by the time it was all said and done, he had fleeced them by Uh, out of $30 million. And then the lawyers immediately sent her a letter just after she returned from screening her show at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And they informed her that the money funding her business had been uh, embezzled. And then they attempted to settle the matter with her. Her lawyer responded um, by saying all that remained from the more than $17 million he had given her in her business was 2.7 million that he had wired to her in 2019. Uh no, I'm sorry. All that was remaining was 81,000.
1: Yeah, she spent that 2.7 on her business, remember? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So she spent 17 and she spent uh, the 2.7 on her business and all she had left out of the out of that was $81,000. So um, what do you,
1: I mean, what do you guys think should she go to jail too like him? I mean, that's this is an interesting I think that's an interesting conversation. I mean, I know we're about time up, but anyway, we could think about that. We could ask Kelly next time. what she. Thinks. Yeah, I mean, we can go
0: over a little bit. But yeah, you know what? In, in all honesty, um, I honestly don't think she should go to jail.
1: She should create a documentary on this. That's what Pozo said.
0: She probably should. Well, you know what? She, she should and she should use that money to repay the shoe company.
1: She'll write a book. She'll write a book and yeah, she probably won't give any proceeds to the shoe company.
0: She won't. She should. But I mean, in this particular case, it, it sounds like she just fleeced him um out of money and she didn't ask him to commit any crimes. And I mean, he was the CFO of a company. Yep. I would have thought that a CFO would have made a lot of money as well. So
1: yeah, sad. I agree with Heather. She said she is sure she knew what was going on, or at least. You have to at least question it in the back of your mind. Maybe not, maybe, but you're never going to admit that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you'd have to question it. You'd have to question it, but just because, but does that make her culpable? You know, and I think that's where I struggle with it. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Breaking Bad, which happens to be one of the greatest shows ever to be on television. You know, when Walt first started doing what he was doing, his wife had no idea. Now, when she found out, she actually joined in. So now at that point, you've crossed the line.
1: Yeah. The car wash.
0: Yeah. yeah the car. Oh, God, man. You know, <laughs> I haven't
1: thought about that show in a while. That's a good
0: one. The only reason I'm thinking about it is because it was so good uh, last week. I actually started watching it again. It well, again. Kelly,
1: you know, Kelly and I did fraud and pop culture on the conference that she had to run and do her pick collar on yesterday. And uh, it was funny because we started talking about the movie The Accountant. And how you know? Anyway, we then then Kelly brought up the fact that her kids every time they pass like a nail salon or a car wash, they're like money launderer, money launderer. We talked about the Ozarks too, by the way. So like yes, so every time you know her kids pass a store, they think it's for money laundering, and she's like, I think my I've corrupted my kids' minds, and it just it made everybody laugh. It was great.
0: Oh, and let me correct myself. Mark said, "Were there external orders?" I think I said he said. Where were the external auditors? But he's asking. I don't I don't think there were any. They, they're not mentioned anywhere, because if there were some at some point, you would have to start suing them because this this. is. Just...
1: Well, typically in these stories, that's what the article headlines become. Why didn't the auditors catch this? Right. So I think we would have heard that maybe or maybe it'll come out still. Who knows? or so now, the company would yeah the company would point fingers there and say you should have caught this right so they they would victim the victim would would point fingers
0: yeah i'm guessing that this was a highly successful shoe company it was a family run company they went to the board meetings and he gave them the books and i'm almost betting that the books were unaudited or if they were audited He uh, just gave them the set of books and they probably didn't do the due diligence to, you know, the the survey that you do to local banks to see if there are lines of credit out there in the company's name and if there are other accounts. That's your simple bank uh, confirmation process. But they're also saying that as soon as um, they they confronted him, he never denied that he stole the money. And as soon as uh, his crimes were uncovered, he immediately began to return assets. And to date, he has returned over five million dollars. Uh, so five million out of 30. I mean, that ain't that ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Let me stop joking. That's real bad. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And I think um, he didn't cover it up. He didn't even try to cover anything up in this one. You know, I think most of the cases we've talked about, you know, they tried to hide. And maybe besides the only time you you mentioned was the whole letter of credit thing. You know, but obviously blatantly didn't try to cover this up. So he had to just say, yep, I did it. Like, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. And Mark says even bad external auditors would have caught this. And Hal says, how did he have the time to do the legit part of the job with, yeah, with all of this going on? how? Now, guys. Wait,
1: what about what about the people under him? You mean the CFO didn't have any accounting staff? Hal, that's my question is like. He wasn't even doing a legit job. Why was there no whistleblower at all that worked for him unless he just hid everything? I mean, from them, I don't know. It's just really confusing.
0: Here's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing that one of the this is going to sound horrible, but I'm guessing that one of the staff members that reported to him he was probably having an affair with her too and he kept her quiet
1: probably probably gave some more money away right but gave him good bonuses probably right like his staff they were probably happily employed and looking the other way or maybe they didn't know maybe he hid it from them too who knows but good but in
0: all seriousness though in today's day and age you could run lean companies have you could run an, a lean accounting department. So he may have needed maybe two, three people tops, if that.
1: Especially if you don't want run one without controls or segregation. <laughs> be lean, Robert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what happened when in court, though. They were saying that when in court, the judge asked if he understood that he was pleading what he was pleading guilty to. And he said in court, and I quote, I took the money and gave it to another person. And then the judge clarified, otherwise known as embezzlement. And he answered, yes. Um,
1: he knew what he was doing.
0: So, But what's funny here, though, is even in his admission, he said, I took the money and gave it to another person. No, you took the money and you spent it, period. Don't try to bring somebody else in. He's still trying to detach himself from it some. I, I, I'm i real big on language and the way people communicate. and. There, When I see deceptive lines of communication, because this is deceptive communication, because even within that, he was still trying to draw a line to almost disassociate himself to get some sympathy from the judge. When I see that from people, I run from those kind of people.
1: Well, it's the Robin Hood defense. I stole from the rich to give to the poor, so I shouldn't be punished as much. Right. And, you know, obviously this news reporter woman wasn't poor, but he, you know, he, that's, I think that's his defense though. Right. Like I I was, you know, I gave some away. I gave it to charity. I gave it like a lot of these people, um, that do bad things, give a lot of money to charity. And that's where they, that's how they rationalize what they're doing. It makes them feel better. I mean, yeah. we all, we all have a conscience, even them to some degree, there are some sociopaths out there, but that's what they do to make themselves feel better.
0: Absolutely. Now, Pozo says, how many affairs was he <laughs> was he having? And Dan says, what about the bank? Yeah. You know, that's an interesting one, too. But he was he was using the line of credit. And then he was. Um, from what I read, he was paying the money back or paying down the line of credit with some operating money that came in from uh, operations. So he he knew what he was doing to keep everybody uh, happy and satisfied.
1: Bank's fine, right? They well, besides that they weren't sitting on those assets that the company actually thought they were. I mean, he didn't steal any money from the bank. Should well, and the, really? I guess maybe Dan's asking though, we've we've asked this question before. Should the bank have noticed any of these fishy things? Your CFO is doing weird things. Like if you're a, a good banker, you know, I don't know. I think that I I just expect people to think, not do their jobs. And uh, yeah, that's
0: a good point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And but so maybe I mean, to my point, to the company's point, maybe they should ask, why didn't the bank ask why this guy was writing million dollar personal checks, transferring money to his personal account? Like maybe the bank should have spoken up. But we all know how banks are today. We've talked about that. So they, they they are hands off, not involved the way they used to be. So that's just not we can't use the bank as a control either. So.
0: Yeah. And and like you said earlier, and like Kelly always says, this is a prime example of why trust is not a control because this thing was insane.
1: Well, and, you know, you guys read. I mean, you don't have to read the book because it's kind of daunting to read. But Duped, um, not the one Kelly always talks about. The Timothy Levine book, Duped, and then Don't Talk to Strangers, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. I know he can be kind of controversial, but. It says like you cannot trust the people closest to you. That's when you're most likely to get duped. And I think we think our family's never going to do it. Our spouses are never going to do it. And that's what happens. And, you know, we got to get smarter than that. Companies, small, private, family-owned companies, you got to get smarter than that.
0: Well, and, and, and realistically, it just makes sense. If someone is going to defraud you, it's going to be the person who has access to the most information who has access to the most information, the people that are closest to you.
1: Um, yeah, and, it, and listen to Kelly's podcast with Susan Fru, If you guys wanna hear about a small version of this, good dear friend of mine, we're on the NSA, National Speakers Association of Colorado board together. She's actually the treasurer of our board and she's the best person to do it. Why? Because she's been embezzled from. Her and her husband owned a plumbing company here in Colorado. They hired an admin that they trusted. It was like a family friend, you know, for years. And she stole, you know, millions from her small Colorado plumbing company. Listen to Susan, Susan Frew's story on Kelly, Kelly interviewed her on her podcast recently. It's, it's Susan's awesome, but uh, it happens. It happens every day to people we know. It's crazy. Not just big shoe companies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that they were going to get embezzled, I mean, it was a shoe in that the
1: all right. We should probably leave that at that there, Robert.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us.
1: Glad to be back.
0: See you guys Yes. Glad to have week. you back.
1: Yep. We'll have to decide if it's just me and you, the Robert and Joe show next Friday without Kelly. Kelly's leaving us for a week. Oh, that's
0: right. Kelly won't be with us next week. So, I mean, if you want to be a guest host and you can put up with me, eh, Join put us. in your application. <laughs>
1: In other words message us on LinkedIn. Okay.
0: right, and we'll we'll vet you better than the two better than our two examples did today. All right guys, see you next week.